0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Molecule to Market. Well, as usual, we're going to go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector. I'm your host, Roman Segal, and I have a little bit of a cold, um, so I'm feeling a little blocked up, as you can probably tell. Got my sexy voice on, so you'll hear me be a bit croakier than usual today. But in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the pharma and biotech supply chain with Adam Wilson, who is president at BioPharm Guy. I suspect you would have come across Adam's website at some point on your journey, whether you're on the vendor side or the drug sponsor side. bioform Guy has become one of the, I suppose, most widely used and recognized platforms for data and information in the biotech world. So having used the site so many times and referred it to clients and all that type of all that type of thing over the years i wanted to find out some of the backstory behind the platform and how it ended up becoming one of the real success stories so the founder adam and i go back a few years in terms of we've shared emails but we've never really spoken in any great detail, so I invited Adam on uh, a while ago, and he was reluctant because he's quite a humble, shy guy. But eventually, he uh, he decided that it would be it'd be fun to do the episode, and I'm so glad he did, and I'm delighted that you guys are going to get to hear today's episode as well. Adam talks about the kind of really humble startup journey of of the website and how it was just a, a side project which came off the back of uh, of losing a job, which is fascinating. He then he then talks about the kind of pivot that they went through in order to become, uh, I suppose, a, p- a paid for platform that that companies are willing to willing to share uh, money and to be on there and and obviously get data. He he then talked about. Um, well, amongst many things that Adam covers, I really loved his take on just focusing on having the best product in the sector. And that's one of the reasons his platform has been uh, such a success. And we talked about uh, the kind of roasting that Adam gives people on his newsletter and how it's a real source of humor and entertainment for the industry. And if you don't subscribe to it, honestly, please do. It's really amusing, his weekly newsletter. For background, background, Adam is the Biofarm guy, and prior to running it full time, he was a, a process development engineer at a public biotech. He was also an FDA inspector uh, or an FDA in, in investigator and in a lab tech uh, in a dermatology research lab at a non-profit hospital. His various experiences have contributed to his knowledge of the biotech industry, which has enabled Biofarm Guide to become the best biotech company database in existence. He independently created and built the website, which now receives 40,000 unique visitors each month. Actually, a lot more than that, I believe. And the website is, is very much built around a database of information of biotech, pharma, medical device and life science companies across the world. As always, thank you so much for listening to Molecule to Market. We appreciate it very, very much. So if you get a chance today, please go and give us a five star rating on your app store of choice. And because I keep forgetting to mention it, I'm also the author of The Floundering Founder. So if you haven't read my book, which launched a couple of months back at the start of the year, please pick up a copy. Let me know what you think. And again, leave a review if it is good. And finally, if you have any guests that you'd like to nominate to come on to Molecule to Market, please send us a message on uh, through the website, MoleculeToMarketPod.com and let us know why you want to get that guest on. Other than that, I hope you enjoy today's interview with Adam, the biofarm guy. Hey Adam, welcome to the show.
1: Hey Roman, good to be here.
0: Yeah, great. Great having you here, Adam. It's taken me about a year to get you on. <laughs> That's so true. That's true. Enough persuasion and I got you on. So, I give up. Everyone I suspect listening will have come across the Biofarm Guy website at some point in their in their kind of journeys, you know, working in in the kind of biotech pharma space. But to start off with, give us a little bit of a background. Like, how did you how did you get into the sector? What was your kind of journey to to becoming you know known globally as the Biofarm <laughs> Guy?
1: Yeah, I guess I guess so. Uh, okay. I'm uh, not big on podcasts, generally speaking. They get to be a little dry for me, so I'm hoping that I'm not going to be real boring right off the bat, but <laughs> I'm happy to tell about my background, and uh, hopefully that doesn't chase everyone away with boredom, but stick with it. All right, so I was, a, I, I was a chemical engineer as an undergrad, and then I did some lab work, went to grad school, and got a master's degree in pharmaceutical engineering. After that, I worked for a biotech company out in Boston called Biopure and they were working on a, we were always told never call it a blood substitute. It was a hemoglobin based oxygen carrier. So really all it did was supply oxygen in like trauma situations, maybe during a surgery or something like that. Anyways, as is often the case, the the company didn't do so well ultimately let everyone go. After that, I worked for the FDA briefly. And from there kind of family led me to sort of a biotech desert in the Midwest uh, down in West Lafayette, Indiana. But while I was out in Boston, um, I played a little too much Guitar Hero. I was wasting a little too much of my time, and I decided to throw together this website. Uh, originally, the idea for it was after grad school. I was looking for a job, and I really just wanted a, a place that had the links to the company career pages themselves. So I, I wanted to avoid the job boards where, you know, every every open job gets like five hundred submissions, well, you know, even if you're the best, the chances that you really will rise to the top are not all that great. So I wanted to find the jobs that weren't on those job boards where the companies just had them on their own sites. So I sort of created it locally just using a bookmark file and Firefox. And it really worked for me. I, I found my job that way. And once I got to Boston I I thought, you know what? I wanted this to exist. I wished it existed. I should just create it, and then maybe people will find it useful. So for for my first the first couple of years of its existence, I worked full time in other capacities. It was really just a hobby. Um, when everyone got laid off at our company out in Boston, you know, a lot of my coworkers they used it to find their next job. So it kind of was like, okay, you know, this 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 worked for some people. People people like it. So uh, I then realized like. People who are looking for jobs don't have any money, so it was going to be really difficult to monetize a career-based website like that. And I started to shift to be more industry-encompassing, not just careers-focused, really just keeping track of all the biotech companies, where they are, what they're doing, and just curating that information so that people can access it. And, uh, from there, just, it really caught on organically just through Google search results. and to this day we're pretty much at the top of almost anything related to when people are looking for lists of biotech companies or small molecule companies or you know anything like that we're at or near the top and uh, because of that I mean I'm uh, millions of people have used it and it's pretty cool
0: It is very cool and I love the startup story and I love what you you know it's a classic thing that you just you solved a need, right? You, you saw a need that people had, and uh, and you you know you went and created something that basically solved the problem.
1: And I think the the bigger thing about that is like I solved a problem I knew existed, and I realized it really wasn't a lucrative problem to have solved. But people who use the website started asking me, "Hey, do you have? Do you also have this? Do you also have contact information for these companies?" And then it started to be like, okay these are people who actually have money to spend and this is what they want. All right. That's, I need to shift and, and start giving them what they want instead.
0: And so that, that I was going to ask you about that kind of pivot moment from just doing the job stuff to becoming something a bit broader that was driven primarily by people asking for more information. If I understood correctly saying, Hey, yeah, I yeah, entirely. You? I
1: can't, I can't remember the person. Uh, there's a specific individual who said, Hey, uh, I'll pay you, you know, X hundred dollars if you could get this. And at the time the website didn't really have much income coming from it. So it was like, Oh, I could get a little money while getting, you know, basically get paid to improve the website. I could get used to that. So, uh, from there, it just, it took a little while for the, uh, selling the information to become a full fledged business, but, uh, it slowly built. And now it's, it's pretty widely known in the sales marketing and business development at least anyone who touches on the biotech industry has probably come across us and uh, they know someone at least who's used us whether they know it or not they know someone
0: uh, absolutely yeah, no no doubt about it and you uh, so d- in terms of time scale when was this was about 10 12 years ago this was all happening your kind of startup
1: yeah so th- Early, early 2008 is when the site came into existence. So it was probably like 2011 when I started to make it a lot better. Yeah. And probably 2012, 2013 is when it started to catch on, like selling data and things like that.
0: And were you still working at this time or did this become, Was at that point in say 2012, was, was this your full-time yeah. gig by then?
1: Yeah, so after after my job with the FDA, we like I said, we moved to Indiana. My wife is a professor at Purdue. So for the first probably year, two years almost, it was a sideline. Definitely, um, I had a new baby, so I was taking care of the like one kid at first, then two, and you know it was it, it was always going to be the long game because the goal was just climb up those Google search ra- rankings, and I was in no hurry. It was almost like I didn't have the capacity to work full-time, so I didn't want it to get too popular, right? <laughs> so it would it would have been an issue. I, I don't know if I, – I couldn't have made it work, I don't think. So the fact that it, it did slowly build was exactly what I wanted, and it, it worked out for me, and, you know, there's a certain amount of luck. But at the same time, with anything, if, you, if it's out there, then it has a chance to get bigger and better. Um, if you just sit on it, then you're just kind of wasting those years or months or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree with you. And uh, there was a, there's an interesting phrase that I found on your website um, uh, last night, and it said, "What really sets us apart is the fact that we keep our directory updated," which I thought was know, a really, I suppose, specific point around what has made Biofarm guy such a successful platform, because y- you clearly, you and or you know the the, the company invests a lot of time in just constantly refining that data. And that can't be an easy job <laughs> to do. No,
1: no, it's, it, it's a grind. It, it's definitely a grind at times. And, you know, you wonder like, oh, we got we to gotta do it again. Just keep doing it, keep doing it. But that really is, that is the biggest deal is there are companies out there who have more biotech companies listed in their directory or whatever, and Yeah, they do, but most of them are out of business. You know, like 40% maybe are out of business. Another 20% aren't really biotech companies in the first place because the people creating this list don't know what they're doing and they don't know the space. So, uh, yeah, getting rid of the junk is such a big deal. And it's really – it's what sets a a good data set apart from a bad one. It's not not entirely like – is this up to date as far as today? Like, sure, maybe it was a, a month or two ago, or the mailing address. Maybe we didn't check it in the last year, but that doesn't change very frequently. But if it's if it's like, does this company exist? Like, we're the we by far the best at yes or no. If if we have any doubt, we get rid of it. We don't we don't want to deal in bad information.
0: Do you do you see in a, in a weird sense? Do you see things happening before everyone else does? What I mean by that is if you say. Say in a given week, you know, three or four companies go out of business and then one week, 10 companies, the next week, 20 companies, next week, 30 companies. I'm not saying that's happening, but presumably if you see that trend happening on your site, it often is an indication or a symptom of something going on in the market. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I'm just curious to know whether you no, often...
1: That's, a, that's, a, that's not a bad question. Um, no, I, I, I would say no. And we have so many companies we list. There's over 10,000 now. So any given week, we, we check every website every month to make sure it's working. And if it's not, we investigate. So in any given month, we'll check over 10,000 websites. And maybe 30 will be suspect one month, maybe 50 another month, maybe 60 the next month. This is a small number compared to the total number of companies that uh, any fluctuation month to month, I, I I wouldn't read too much into it. And I just... Yeah, I, I I can't say that we can see anything like that. I do know that uh, if a company's website is down, it sometimes is good and sometimes it's bad. So if it, depending on the company, I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say specifically what I'm talking about here, but some companies modify their websites because they have good news coming, uh, whereas other ones, if they just disappear, then you know that's not not great.
0: Not oh, great, yeah. Um, and I wanted to rewind back a bit. You, you did, I think mechanical engineering at college, and then did some you know chemical. Formal, chemical engineering, sorry, yeah. and then you know got into the pharma sector. I'm guessing you, did you expect to go into a more traditional pharma role when you came out of college, or?
1: Did yeah. So, I, well, as an undergrad, I, I, I kind of just set myself up poorly. I, I, I went to a, a very good university in the U.S., University of Michigan, and. Uh, the the graduating cohort before us came out during kind of a boom, so they were f- telling stories of fielding multiple job offers and all that stuff. And it's like, all right, all you got to do is graduate, and you got a job waiting for you. Um, it was a bit after the dot com boom when when that was or that was during the dot com boom when basically everything was blowing up. Then right after that, it came back to earth, and I didn't really I didn't do a good job of getting any sort of internship experience, and as a result it was really difficult finding any reasonable engineering job. So I ended up getting a, I was a lab tech at a molecular biology lab in a hospital Mm -hmm. and I worked for a dermatologist. And the, for a time, the work was interesting. I mean, I was learning about new stuff that I didn't know anything about. I didn't, I never took a life science class, uh, in college. And it's kind of weird in retrospect because that ended up being what I liked doing in in my career. So yeah, I expected to kind of get a normal engineering job and I didn't, but, um, I knew I, I, was, I was always interested in the drug industry uh, cause just because I felt like not only are they doing something scientifically interesting, it at least has the potential to directly impact people's lives in a positive way. So uh, that's why I went back to grad school and focused on that. And my focus on grad school was biologics manufacturing. So my goal was to work for a company making some sort of therapeutic protein.
0: And and now you have tons of them on your website. <laughs> yeah, 800, 900, something like that. And you, I, I was fascinated when I was doing some background research, him that you work for the FDA. I don't know why it surprised me. I just didn't. I just, it just was really kind of uh, took me by shock. So, what was what was life yes. like as an investigator at the FDA?
1: Ah, oh, stifling. It was not good. I did not like it <laughs> at all. So. It's obviously it's the federal government, so it's just rules upon rules upon rules. And it was good in that I have a lot better understanding of what's going on um, at the FDA rather than this black box of fear where, you know, they show up, you just like everyone in the company cowers and scurrying around madly. Um, But, you know, being on the bad side of the table, quote unquote, bad side of the table during an investigation is like. I don't know. I didn't train for that. I, my career goal at the time was to be on the other side of the table as the people who are at the drug company doing the work. So it was, it was a job. I, I, I didn't really like it. I didn't like having to wear uh, a dress shirt to work, <laughs> wear, wear dress <laughs> shoes. I, I wore tennis shoes at least a couple times. And my boss was like, uh, you, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, oh my God. That's crazy. But, that's the federal government it's just like i said it's stifling I, not for me
0: i always remember my uh, my first job ever working for a, like my, uh, a pharmaceutical cdmo and uh, i never wear suits i never wear i never wear a you know shirt and tie or whatever and i decided to wear a shirt and tie for my first day and the <laughs> chair, the chairman of the cdmo um, he he was a guy called Brian and Easter to He'd often have like always wearing a black t-shirt, and often have his like lunch spilled down his (laughs) t-shirt. And I mean, and I knew him, and I knew each other. And I went in on day one, and went, "Hey Brian, how you doing?" He went, "What the heck are you wearing?" Never, (laughs) and he's like, "Never wear a tie in this business ever Uh, again." And so, you know, it was was kind of jeans and trainers from 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 then on. But yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how the environment. (laughs) I retired from tie
1: wearing. I don't wear them to weddings. Nothing. I'm over
0: it. And your well thanks for kind of going through the background and you know telling us the startup story and and all that kind of stuff one one of the things that i particularly like about your platform and your communication and i think many of our listeners would would probably be subscribers to your kind of weekly newsletter and for for anyone and adam correct me if if i get this wrong but anyone who hasn't read it it's a mix of kind of what's going on in the biopharma space but actually it's quite it's very amusing it's got kind of I'm going to call them kind of low level minor roasting of certain companies and what's going on in the market it's a bit of it's it's a bit more humorous than your average you know pure news newsletter and it's one of the reasons that it's it's one of the few that I can't you know that I read nothing else and often I'll send you reply saying I'm laughing my head off at xyz yeah. do you <clears throat> I'm just I'm interested to know you know have you ever had any kind of you know response from people or anything where people have sent you angry emails or messages if you've given them a roast
1: and it's funny it's funny i i I get that question not infrequently um people you know for anyone who doesn't know a common thing we'll do we call it the team roast where i find a website they have the pictures of the people who work at the company and the company has made poor decisions usually you know, we don't make fun of people for what they look like, but for choices they make, we'll certainly do that. So if they're wearing a weird hat or they're all wearing the same shirt outside under a tree, or, you know, just silly stuff. We just kind of poke fun at them. And I mean, occasionally it, it touches, toes the line of what, you know, what maybe we maybe we almost go too far sometimes, but uh, no, I, I we've never had anyone respond angrily, luckily. And Really, I, yeah, I, People like it. People think it's funny, and as you said, it's pretty it, for a for a biotech newsletter. It's the funniest one I've ever seen because I've never <laughs> seen one that's funny at all. So uh, I, I, sometimes I feel like uh, everyone, a lot of people subscribe because they they find it funny. Uh, it's not all funny. There is just commentary on big news and things like that, or interesting news we ignore boring stuff is is the main thing. Like, oh, this drug got approved, another cancer drug that does the same thing as these other three, we're not gonna cover that because it's not, you know, it's it's fine, but it's not worth a weekly newsletter. It's not that big of a deal. I'd rather find a weird looking website and make fun of it or something like that. So Do you, yeah, yeah. Sure go. no, no, go ahead.
0: No, that's great. And uh, <laughs> I was just laughing when you were talking that because it is, it is I think it's really well pitched as it is informative, but it's also entertaining. And I think, to your point, there ain't much in our sector that kind of um, toes the line so well between both. So for any listeners that haven't subscribed to Adam's newsletter, please do. And you go to the the Biofarm Guy website. There's normally, I think, a pop-up which comes up and put your email address in there. And I wouldn't – you'll not regret it, and you certainly won't be unsubscribing it because it'll probably – Give you a lot of good information, but it's also uh, one of those emails that you decide to read rather than delete immediately or put for you know read read later, uh, you know, yeah, folder, and, which no one does. So, and
1: aside from that, you know, aside from the humorous aspect, and mo- I mean, pretty much everyone I talk to, I guess if they didn't read it, they probably wouldn't talk to me. But they <laughs> they they look forward to it and they read it, you know, the whole way through. And then thankfully, it's a weekly. Like if it was a daily, I don't have any daily newsletters that I read all the way through. Um, just. I really am just skimming, looking for new companies yeah. that have popped up, stuff like that. But one one thing we have in the newsletter is that all the companies we add or remove from our directory in any given week, we summarize them. We have an Excel file available, you can download it. So the if you've ever used our website for maybe sales, marketing, anything like that, and you've kind of gone through our lists and you've targeted all those companies, if you if you subscribe to the newsletter, every week you can see all the changes that we've made and it's free, so you can really stay on top of it that way. You're listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector, the podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech
0: contract services space. For for a lot of our listeners to the Molecule to Market podcast, Adam, they'll be working in senior commercial business development marketing type roles for um, contract services business. So, you know, say head of business development. Um, for a CDMO business. What, okay. if, they've, if they've not come across your website before, just just explain in simple terms what the website provides them and how they can get, I suppose, best use out of, out of the information oh, okay. you put out there.
1: Yeah, don't mind if I do. So- <laughs> we're we, pitch,
0: go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank you, a good setup. So uh, being a directory, is uh, it's a list of companies, right? So um, it can be segmented in various ways. And what a lot of uh, service providers do is they promote their listing on our website. So all listings, standard listings are free. That's why our directory is so high quality. We'll list everyone. We don't charge to get in or anything like that. But if you want to be up at the top of the list with a nice logo, maybe maybe you want to link to some white paper that explains some new service you have. Maybe you want to expand your description and ex- so that our website visitors can see a little more about what you do. Those are all upgrade options. So a lot of companies, um, I feel like it's forty-ish companies now, have some sort of promoted listing on our website, and usually they see two to three times the referral traffic. I mean, it depends on what you start with, but uh, it's a, it's always a good thing to try for a few months and see if it works. And if not, you can move on. And if it does work, stick around. So that's that's one of the main things. And the other thing is the the information we have for sale. So all the companies, we, we list a few things on our website, pretty much the city, the state, a link to the website, a brief description of what they do. Anything beyond that uh, you can purchase from us. Uh, that includes physical mailing addresses, main phone number. For US-based companies, we have a good amount of executive email information so that it would, it would be executives, VPs, directors, things like that. Uh, we have information on their drug pipelines so if you want to target, say, only companies that are preclinical, who are working on oncology, we can do that sort of thing. And additionally, we have a number of employees. We have the year they were founded. We have some funding information. So all these things you can use together, query it however you need to, and really laser focus on the types of companies that you know are, are what you're looking for.
0: Good job, Adam. And I'm sure if, if if our listeners haven't come across you before, they're going to be subscribing or, or knocking on your door. And I have to ask. So, my assumption is COVID has probably been. I'm going to say this in the most sensitive way possible, but quite good for your business because I'm guessing certainly what I've seen in in our line of work is very much you know a you know a much bigger focus on digital marketing versus say traditional events. So am i right in assuming that it's been a you've seen more companies engage with the platform probably in the last couple of years or has it just been a steady kind of increase over the last decade or so
1: it, it's been very good you know <laughs> i mean that's that's uh, I'll, I'll have to admit that so when i started my newsletter it was january of 2020 and i i kind of I, I had some news on the the pandemic the beginnings in china I had been following it for a few weeks at that point, and it wasn't mainstream news in America yet, though. So I got in right at the point where I was educating people about, like, all right, this is what it's looking like, there's a good chance, uh, you know, this could be real. And there wasn't a lot of subscribers back then, but I think that helped it catch on um, For at the beginning. It really bumped up subscriber count and i think people stuck around for so long because they liked the information i was providing and you know i had a, i understood the field i i'm not like a vaccine expert but i l- worked on them in grad school i did projects on them i mean i'm from the biotech field so not knowing everything i knew a lot more than they did so um, you know it was nice it, it, i think that was good more broadly like to what you're saying is yes i mean digital went through the roof I think I think all the companies who usually go to conferences the conferences were canceled and they had to spend the money you know you, you spend it or you use it or lose it right in a lot of places so they moved into digital and I think I think what they realized is we're not we're not full of it when we say yeah if you if you promote your listing with us it usually will double or triple the amount of referrals you get and pretty much everyone who tries it, they do it for three months, and if it works, they just keep doing it, keep renewing, keep renewing. If it doesn't work for three months, then we don't see them again, and that's fine. So we have people who have been running premium listings with us for four years straight, I think, maybe five now. And I think I just a lot more people gave it a chance because they had to spend those ad dollars, and and they're sticking with it. So the last couple years have been very good,
0: yeah good for you good for you and uh, you know well deserved for your hard work over the last decade or so and you know know, although the the pandemic's been clearly difficult for everyone all over the world there are there are you know to to your point actually you said something before which i thought was interesting around your interest in the drug industry you know we've all been very fortunate to work in this space in the last couple of years but it's also a space that is delivered in spades for for the global population so yeah. i think i think you know businesses like yours that have been able to raise profile of you know great technologies and great therapeutic companies is uh, you know all, are well placed and you know certainly add a lot of value and i'm, I'm interested do you, do you see yourself these days as an entrepreneur do you see yourselves as an engineer or marketing person how does how does adam view himself these days or a yeah, dad I, or a dad i mean yeah, i know that's the yeah. thing <laughs>
1: I guess a lot of those things in- engineer, no, like that's, that's history. Now I, it's been 12 years since I was in any sort of scientific capacity at a company. And I don't, I mean, I, I, I would be lost. I think, um, <laughs> I, I just wouldn't want to do it. Entrepreneur is probably the main word just because for, a, for a number of years, when people ask what, Oh, what do you do? It's like, Oh, I tried to explain it to them and I couldn't. It's not a job that there is any other one out there like it, really. You know, I I invented this job, so there's a lot of pieces about it. So oh sure, there's there's a website out there that lists a bunch of companies in another industry, or and maybe offers them to a, a promoted listing, and uh, someone's out there selling data on companies, and someone's out there with a newsletter, but. You know, all these things have slowly been brought together, and they they feed off one of one another. And yeah, I mean, it, it's really because it's so unique. It's just you know, entrepreneur is the only thing I can I, w- I would say. But the problem is, if someone asks you what you do, you can't tell them entrepreneur because that's a it's pretty much a baloney term that people throw around. Like you know, someone who's selling one item a week on etsy they're an entrepreneur and, yeah or you know it's just people use it so loosely that i never i never refer to myself that way i tell people i depending on the social situation if if i know they don't care what i'm about to say i just say i run a website and then if they ask what website then we get into it but usually they don't because they don't care <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> No, it's interesting. And I would, I would to class you as an entrepreneur given what you've built. So
1: yeah, it's funny though, if the rare times, since I'm not in a real biotech heavy place, the rare times that I run into someone who's in the industry. And I, I, I definitely am looking for a reason to mention, to say, Hey, have you ever used this website? And sometimes I can find a way to do it. Other times I can't, but when I do find a way, they typically all have heard of it. So it's, it's pretty cool. I, for that reason, I kind of want to go to a conference someday, I,
0: go I had get yourself to Bio. get yourself yeah. to buy in a couple of months and uh, we can have a well, reveal party to bring you out to the world. Yeah, yeah. I'll be wearing my t-shirt. it would be good. So
1: <laughs> I'm actually going to be in San Diego. Uh, I'm not going to the conference, but I'll be around in the evening. So um, I'm, I'm most likely going to set up some client meetings and stuff. So that should be interesting. I, I meant to go. I was going to go in 2020. That would have been my first conference and that obviously didn't work out.
0: Well, I think for anyone who's going to bio, then you know, got an opportunity to, I'm sure if you buy Adam a beer, he will happily meet up and and, uh, and say hi. And it's, it's funny because, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast was, I, I mean, I'm a fan of the platform, you know, I'm a fan of a platform and it's one that we recommend to pretty much every client, you know, in any of, any of the businesses I'm involved in is a, is a kind of a, a basic thing to have. Um, and... It's it's just I always find the entrepreneurial stories quite interesting in the startup story, and I didn't know any of this other than obviously you and I had exchanged a couple of emails over the years, and our businesses had just grown in a similar sector over the last decade or so. And I, I wanted to kind of bring your story to life, and you know the guy, kind of the 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 bio pharma Spider Man guy behind the mask is the way. So I, it was it's great that people have a sense of the personality and the the narrative and, you know, all the good stuff that's actually the substance that sits behind the grind of, of obviously keeping this thing going and keeping it growing and stuff like that, which is, which is credit to you. And what, what does, what does the next phase look like for, for, you know, the, the the Bioform guy kind of platform and, you know, you don't have to give us your entire strategy, but it'd just be interesting to see, you know, is there, are there more areas you'd want to go into or is this kind of your thing and sticking to it? I presume you also have, I mean, you don't have to obviously mention specific competitors, but I'm guessing just as anything in life, other competitors pop up and make life difficult for you, but interesting to know what, what the next few years look like for you.
1: Yeah. As as far as competitors, I mean, there's, there's companies that have similar products, but, um, not as good. We we have the web reach like we 45,000 people a month come to our website. And, you know, they, they can, the information is up to date. So, and, and our price point is a lot lower than a lot of companies. So, and, that's and Have you not been a good tempted quality. to change
0: that, Adam, over the years. Like, I mean, that's one thing up, I find quite you know, fascinating. It,
1: it, it goes up and up. But, you know, I, I, I honestly, I like, especially at, at this point and in, in the years past, I like having a lot of clients. I like making a lot of people happy. And, if the price point gets too high, you know, I'm reliant on maybe 10 clients paying the bills, whereas if the price point stays low, I have more like 200. So I don't like any given client having too much sway over what I do or, or what we do. And prices go up all the time. They only go one way. I, I'll admit that the information only gets better so i feel i feel comfortable doing that um, when when i first started i knew like you know this is a good list but i know it's not complete so i feel i don't feel right charging premium prices for something that i know is not a premium product but as time's gone on has gone on it's it has gone up it's nowhere near the what you can pay some companies out there but they're just ripping you off honestly they're they're charging you five times as much for a product that's maybe 10 percent better something like that so I, i'd rather work in this space and i, I like where i'm at you know we, we only have so much time with our lives so i'm not interested in going all out adding no more lines of business the only things i'm willing to do now are things that involve a small amount of time and scale massively so the newsletter kind of fit the bill. Uh, only because we're already looking at all the news anyways we already know the interesting news that happens because we're looking at it every day. So the added cost of time to do the newsletter any given week is not extreme you know maybe it's a few hours depending. So and that, that can scale infinitely, right? It's people it doesn't matter how many subscribers you have you do you do the same amount of work. So that's the sort of thing that I, I would those are the only things I would look at and right now, i'm not even sure i'd look at that because my time is mostly taken up so it's really just keeping things good that's the main thing if i feel like if we if we keep up to date on all this information no one can beat us because we have that web presence and if our product is just as good as theirs how are they going to do how are they going to leave us yeah and pretty much they can
0: No, yeah, i think there's a, there's a real fundamental lesson uh, i wrote a blog actually about a year ago when it was about the best marketing the best marketing trick in the business is just having a really good product and i think i think you know you can have all the shiny frontage you want but if a product doesn't deliver and deliver on its promise then people don't go back and they don't continue to use it so i think you know fair play to you to invest in what what really matters which is obviously making sure the quality of your data which is ultimately what people are subscribing to and paying for is is what matters and and my final question, Adam, you mentioned your wife earlier on and uh, in terms of she's a professor and uh, I suppose in the early days of of the website, you were able to look after the, the kids while, you know, she presumably was at work. And how how's, how's that dynamic changed over the last decade? Are you, like, I don't mean this from an earnings perspective, clearly, but I mean it more from a, you know, are you guys, <laughs> is she almost shocked by what what's happened with Biofarm guy and almost like wow that that little, little side gig has turned yeah. out to be you know something quite spectacular in our life yeah
1: I'm, i mean but that's that's true of both of us so personally i when i started it as a as a hobby i thought oh it would be nice if if someday i could make a, a modest salary from some sort of website like this that'd be cool and then i could just do whatever i wanted with the rest of my time or you know even have a, have a full-time job but just do it on the side type thing but you know I, I, I was I really did mean a modest salary just okay and the business has has gone much beyond that years ago and so yeah I mean it certainly wasn't predetermined and there's a good amount of luck and I know that and I, I think about it all the time. And, but at the same time, you have to you have to put yourself in a position to take advantage of luck when it comes, right? So like I said before, I, I created the website and, ho- and just kind of gave it time to get traction on Google. You know, there's no reason it, it should have or shouldn't have. I just kind of thought, all right, over time, if enough people, if I, if I convince enough people to link to it, it'll slowly grow and maybe this will work. And it was always just a maybe, and it did, and I recognize that, and I, I, I will always recognize that, and you know, both of us will always recognize that, and I'm not, I'm not going to complain about it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's good, you know, it's good.
0: And you shouldn't because you know, Adam, I, it's, it's fascinating because there's, it's almost echoes of my own journey in the last ten, twelve years. That I hear in in your story, you know, when I often talk about, you know, it. I've been lucky in my career to be in this sector, and I kind of stumbled into it a bit like yourself. And but you know, at the same time, you made a really interesting point that that when those opportunities came, you went for it, and you you know you gave it your all, and you really looked after your product, and you know all that kind of stuff. And you know, similar to a business like mine, which is people-based, you have to look after the people, yeah. and they look after yep. the clients, and you. Yes, we've been in a sector that's been growing and all that type of stuff. But you have to put your, when those opportunities arise, you have to take them. And I don't think everyone does take them. So fair fair play to you, and yeah, and, and congratulations as well. You know, it's Oh, uh, well, you it's, too. It's you know, an amazing, it's an amazing uh story, and I think you've you know your your platform benefits people across the industry. And uh, yeah, and I'm I'm glad we've been able to bring the story to life, Adam. And I hope everyone, if you if whether you know Adam or you know biofarm guy, you know please go onto the website and you know subscribe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and uh, it'll—I uh, can pretty much guarantee you—you you won't unsubscribe. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, we, it, uh, it is it's strange
1: awesome. that the number of unsubscribes compared to the new subscribes. It's like I sent we right now. There's about thirteen thousand five hundred people on our weekly email list. In any given week, less than ten unsubscribe.
0: It's probably, it's probably the ones you roasted in the weekly. uh, Yeah, it
1: could (laughs) be, could be that, you know, there was one time it it wasn't, I don't want to get too specific. There was one time I had something written up and I was going to roast this website. And then like that same day, someone contacted me and I don't remember if they wanted to buy something or promote a listing. And I was like, all right, I guess, I guess I'll, I guess I'll take this one down. (laughs) But I, I, that's the only time I've had to do that. I, I, normally, I mean, I just go to town.
0: Adam, compromising your editorial. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> if I was a journalist, I'd feel bad about that, but I'm just making fun of stuff. So I think that's okay. That's business. So no, if you I don't, don't want to get roasted, you better be a client. Got it? <laughs>
0: be a client, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Adam Wilson, uh, the biofarm guy. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode because uh, I certainly have. Adam, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. I know it's yeah, been a while. Yeah, thanks for having again. me. It was yeah, fun. Hope, it was fun. Yeah. All right. Take care. Cheers, man. All right. Talk to you. Hi again. Thanks so much for tuning in to Molecule to Market. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find more shows on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you'd like to listen. Get in touch with us on our website, moleculetomarketpod.com, and follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter, and we will see you again next week. You're
1: listening to Molecule to Market, where we go inside the outsourcing space of the global drug development sector the podcast for professionals working in the pharma and biotech contract services space. Molecule to Market is sponsored and funded by Remarketing, an international content, digital and design agency that helps companies get noticed, raise profile and generate leads in life sciences.